Thank you for joining The Bevel Talk, Season 16, Episode 4, The Benefits of Knowledge. Today, we're talking with Kim Hayes, the founder and president of Valkim Technologies. You can learn more about Kim and her business from the link in the description below. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thanks for joining back with us. Again, we have Kim Hayes from Valkim Technologies. Kim, thanks for joining us again. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for uh, the opportunity. I don't know. It's been fantastic. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit more about, you know, what was your start into NDT? What, what made you passionate about the welding industry? Where did it all start? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think it might be called being drugs into that direction. You know, it's kind of one of those I didn't wake up one day and say, hey, you know, that's where I want to be. Um, but due to the industry and then acquisitions, it was almost like I'm dating myself now, I'm sure, but, uh, Billy Jean's not my lover, Michael Jackson, right? You make that inertia movement and then the tile lights up and then the next one lights up and it just became this domino, um, migration of my own personal IP path, right? I ended up doing the pre-cleaning for penetrant. Then I ended up you know, chemicals for that. Then I ended up doing mag and pen. And then you constantly be inquisitive. Why, why, why? What's adjacent? What's next door? What's in front? What's behind the processes that you're doing? So then it went to naturally into the welding side um, because it's a lot of times that's a big market is, you know, welding and inspection. So the synergies of that, the rest of my career stayed around that very narrow. There's a whole bunch of like composites and a whole bunch of different industries that can go, but the one that kind of stayed near and dear to me trickled down that, you know, lighted path of weld and weld quality. And did you ask what, what would I want to know now? Yeah. yeah. What, <clears throat> what do you wish you had known earlier on in your career, uh, in your beginnings into welding? How fun it it truly is. I mean, I know when I, in 07, when I moved from LA to here, got towards into the oil and gas market and started rolling down. My role had never been lucky enough to be in the applications or technician side of things, which that, that is a path. Um, I, I wish I would have been able, that's one thing I wish is I would have spent more time in um, with hands-on. It's just, I was always looking for the next horizon. I never really got the chance to really dig deep with ours. And so I'm actually trying to do that now in my late fifties, trying to back backfill that, that expertise. But I, I spent a lot of time shoulder to shoulder, but I was usually only temporarily focusing on one problem. Um, but then um, that's one. And um, that there's just many, many roads to, to Mecca. There's um, trying to think of other things. It's just, That's the main thing is I wish I, I would have um, kind of spent more time in the trenches. I do think there's one thing that NDT and welding community need to also look at it, that there's so many adjacent support opportunities within that. Um, and those are, it's been a lovely journey. I mean, all the way through from codes and standards, trying to learn how those things are written, being a part of changing the future for those coming behind when you're writing these codes and standards and just always be inquisitive. Those are the things like 
really like even going into the robotics. And I remember a few years back when it was first conversations of using drones, the apprehension, what if it falls and it blows up? Who's liable? You know, what if the, you know, information's being streamed to another country? How do we, how do we mitigate all that? So the fear and trepidation, all that did not retard the, the forward advancement. It just meant we had to hack away at those challenges, but the momentum needs to keep going. So you've seen it all. You've been in small business. You've been in big business. You're an entrepreneur. What advice would you have for any anyone that's wanting to take it on their own to either go into NDT, go into welding, uh, their own path, being an entrepreneur there? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a very um, interesting thing that I, I really was uncharted territories for me. And when I talked to one of gentlemen who's like a mentor to me, when I told him about the role being eliminated, he was like, uh, congratulations. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I wasn't expecting that response. He goes, your, your golden handcuffs have been unlocked, right? You're, you're, you've always been inquisitive and you've always been stifled because the corporate roadmap. And a lot of times the naysayers can make you feel a bit disappointed, especially if you're a unicorn chaser like myself, who always looks at odd ways of uh, outside of convention to execute. Don't let, don't let that stifle you. Um, and even if you jump, I was so blessed day one when I went under my own shield, like Friday, I dropped off my computer and phone Monday lights on in my own space, I had two contracts that came. And the neat thing was, is your reputation is really all you have in this industry. In 25 years here, I've, um, I put myself and my heart in the other person's shoes and try to really um, not burn bridges. I mean, not not as if it was an active effort, but trust me, uh, bad traits or bad decisions that were for self-interest will come to light in industry. And the industry is so small globally. It's like this global crust or ecosystem around the world. If you go to Singapore, Indonesia, <laughs> Norway, a lot of times you'll run into some of the same people. So your integrity and your character and your uh, passion for the person and their process and their pain is should be what's foremost because that's what's going to carry you through. And that relationships help be that board that I was able to stand on from day one um, to having that contract to this year. I might be having like four. I'm in the middle of those and doing JIPs and don't don't be afraid to uh, think outside the box and present it to the stakeholders because I think right now is absolutely the ripest time for them to look at unconventional ways of doing things. Don't let money drive you. Let the idea and the passion drive you. Um, I could go on, but especially the one thing that on the those are all positives. There's also a lot on the, the other side if you're thinking thinking to go out on your own especially all the decades of comforts of corporate business cards and how the things got paid. You never paid a mind to, even though I was always late on my expense reports, but still, you, you know, they have, there's a process and there's somebody paying and going to conferences and the cost of those things. And there's a lot of these things that as an entrepreneur, now you're shouldering them. So you have a different level of scrutiny and um, don't be afraid to say, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, especially because I'm doing some government contracting and, you know, the scrutiny in which they pilfer through every line item 
I'm afraid. So I find help uh, if somebody who's done DCA compliance bookkeeping and don't be afraid to ask for help and trust that help. Um, so those are the main things is don't let them knock you down. Dream, know your industry, know your people, um, maintain your integrity and that will carry you through and also take those leaps of faith because those that have been through the path with you are the ones that you're seeking to build the relationships with. If you do it from a place non-financially based, you know, you're doing it from the passion object or the knowledge object, research, whatever, you know, they'll, they'll come with you. So that's, those are the main, I mean, those are just personal opinions. If there was any classes or training or certificates that you would think somebody ought to at least consider learning about or possibly doing, what would it be? Yeah, I, um, I always like learning. I mean, uh, I just last year, well, year before last, cause we're in January, I, um, wanted to learn more about artificial intelligence. Granted in that time period, 90 or, uh, in early 2000, when we were being, I was on retention contract between my old employer and ITW. I didn't know if I was going to come over in the contract. So I had like, a you know, I was there to do what I, to stay, to hold that boat together. And then also kind of look out for myself. And I found an opportunity to work in artificial intelligence. And this is back in 01 doing a, a talkie online bot that always intrigued me then. But then my NDT path took me back where, back it, where it did. And then, um, so last year I ended up taking a AI, a AI ML business strategy. So to start at that higher crust of the knowledge of the unknown, um, and it was at MIT. It was a, a couple of month course, very good uh, expl- explanation into the fear that you have is usually not justified. It's usually based off of ignorance, right? So try to find those paths, the things that you fear, and try to seek knowledge for it. And then December of this year, I just finished a six month course at UT Austin on AIML for leaders which to me was kind of like that second rung on the, on the ladder to try to take it down further into practicality. I do know I don't really want to go back and learn programming, even though my undergrad degree was in computer science, but back then it was right after batch cards, you know? (laughs) So um, very different world now than it is then, but you know, so look at what's coming down the road. Um, YouTube is, I really don't laugh, but some programming languages for robots, you know, Adreno you can get, and there's a bunch of open source stuff. You know, there, there's a lot of portals where you can learn things and they're all can wormhole each individual down their own specialized path. And when you're look vetting through NDT at all these cool technologies or welding and all these cool things, you try to juxtapose the cool st- things you see out in life into your space. And that might be that next augmentation that takes us to another level. Weld preheating can send costs and schedules out of control. Harness the heat with arc reach heating systems from Miller. This induction heating equipment uses alternating electromagnetic currents to generate heat in workpieces. So welders can do their own preheating quickly and safely. For more information on induction heating, visit MillerWelds.com induction. 
you know, one thing I think is really interesting is just about anything you learn can be applied to something new, right? Oh, hey, I learned about AI. Hey, I learned about, you know, this new technology that they're using in the medical industry. Can we have, does, do we have an application of something like that here? Just so many different things, so many different ideas. I love, I love the idea that you shared of having an inquisitive mind and always be learning because the technology is always changing, adapting and growing. And if we're always doing what we've always done, we'll always get the same results. hundred percent. And also the one, the one I'd also like to share is don't, don't be discouraged by those that don't see the same vision, you know, like you were talking about some, like in the wilderness, they're just looking down um, and um, into their trade and they know their trade and, and if you're trying to bring in a new perspective, not everybody's going to drink the Kool-Aid at the same time, you know. And uh, I know early on, I even started writing this little book called The Lonely Pursuit of the Unicorn, A Discoverer's Pathway to Innovation with a Detour in Self-Discovery. Because I used to use the TRL, BRL, Technology Readiness and Business Readiness Scale as, you know, the, the one one in the seed propagation of an innovative idea is that unicorn, right? So that's that one, one point. And then you migrate it to two, two from your TRL, BRL. Um, and that becomes like your zebra. And then it, you know, it goes up all the way to where it becomes a commodity in that it becomes a mule, right? Where it's up at nine, nine, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to be chasing that unicorn or you're always going to be, you know, trying to make a quarter horse, you know, do, do new things that, that are still just quarter horse activities. So, but it's not always embraced by engineering that have a charter and a mission. Um, and, but don't let that discourage you because eventually industry, if you're listening hard enough to industry, you're, you're gonna, um, it's going to be validated and you hope they listen early enough another correlation I like to mention. It's not mine. It's just kind of known out there. It's a red car syndrome, right? Where you think, um, I'm going to go buy me this cool car. Nobody's got it. I got it. And, you know, a couple of weeks into driving it, you realize everybody, everybody's, there's thousands of them out there, right? But you didn't notice it until it became in your purview. And we as humans are often that egocentric in a way. I don't know if that's the right word for that, but Um, we don't, you know, we, until we have it ourselves, then we recognize what's out there or until we see it for ourselves, then we recognize. And I speak that to an exact example of HTHA, that damage mechanism, high temperature hydrogen attack, which is a catastrophic intergranular discontinuity in early years, um, in the past eight years, you know, it was noted by one of the big owner operators that the FMC TFM, that I had told you about earlier, which is a, a single pulse, multiple receive, a lot more data, data reconstruction, gives you higher resolution, and it can work. It's not new. It just, the computational capabilities of the research capacity of it before had just now gotten to a point where it could be harnessed for field deployable use. But if it wasn't in your scope, you wouldn't think about it. And it wasn't that I knew FMC TFM. It was only brought to my attention when I was in my first phased array class by 
someone in the industry saying, hey, you need to keep an eye out for FMC. And I'm like, what's that? And they were like, full matrix capture. And I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> and then they explained. And then, you know, months later, I hear an application from an owner-operator and they mention FMC. And then you start tying those threads together of those red car syndrome. And you start to realize that you have a market um, need that's not being met. But if you're not listening to what the industry is telling you, you're only telling them what you're giving them. I think that also goes for, for welders out there and, and in industry saying, hey, I've seen this work in the past. Have you, do you guys know any of this? It's, it's sharing information up and down, right? <laughs> yep. I 100% agree. Because there's more to be learned by steel toe and hard hat. I mean, um, being, and there's another, all these metaphors and things I like, but um, my special works at Toyota, and there's a term called Genji Gambitsu, which is go and see, right? There's a Japanese philosophy of like management can be sitting nice in their ivory tower, but until they get shoulder to shoulder and sit with that little single radius at whatever the low level assembly capabilities are, then they can then understand. And also there's a level of empowerment that they do in their fabrication. It's called pulling the andon, which there's a line that goes down the whole fabrication line and any one employee without retribution or any consequence can pull the andon and stop the line if they see some quality shift. And that mindset and empowerment and non-focus on the bottom line and revenue and shareholder drives, but looking at quality first is the mindset that we all need to kind of come together. And I know we have to make money, but you know, at the end of the day, I think if you do the right things, the money follows and that's my soapbox. (laughs) Well, Kim, thank you for being with us today. Thank you to our listeners. We look forward to having you join us next time. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity.